Catharsis contains mature language, content, and themes, including discussions of suicide. Please listen with care. Second verse, same as the first. I'm Anna the Eighth, I am. Anna the Eighth, I am, I am. I got married to the widow next door. She's been married seven times before. And everyone was a Henry. Henry, she wouldn't have a Willie or Sam. No, Sam, I'm... Stupid fucking... I just want to sleep. Why won't you let me sleep? Dayton Writers Movement presents Catharsis, starring Xander Hildenbrandt, Jordan Lopez, and Luna Madison. Part 3, Infinite Sadness, written by Megan Burnside. Also starring Aaron Crane, Sean Gunther, and Libby Scancarello. Honey, up and at them! This was always my favorite time, start of a new day, when the very thought of my sunny disposition and morning routine would amp up the grumpy in you. Sister Bear, time to get up. I can rob you of your sleep, but I shouldn't steal your daylight, too. Dear, can you give it a try? Magpie, I have made your favorite, the French toast. French toast? Wow. I bet you can see right through that. Ooh la la. Coming. We were a family that favored the convenience of milk and cereal. And you preferred the solitude of stealing your bowl away to your room. Said my personality was too bright to look at directly, just after waking. But to you, French toast was like Christmas morning. No matter the early hour, once the smell of bread and caramelized sugar hit your nose, you would leap out of bed and grace us with your presence at the table. Simpler times, I suppose. But everything is better with syrup, right? Case in point, the time my chemistry experiment with French toast went awry. Mom and Dad were stuck in Franklin because of a snowstorm, so we got to be adults for two days. It was the second night when you started to get scared and lonely that I resolved to cheer you up. I woke up even earlier than normal to surprise you with my own rendition of Dad's famous French toast with a twist. Almond extract and nutmeg, I think? Somehow I left out the brown sugar in the custard mix, Dad's secret ingredient. Rather than a touch of sweetness, it was bitter and overspiced. 
And whew, we could have gotten drunk off the level of almond extract. Instead, the toast became a mere syrup delivery device, waterboarded in maple flavor. Honey? Meg? Afternoon. Mm-mm. What did you say? Coffee and bacon to go with your dad's famous French toast? Mm, yeah. This beautiful table is made of oak and memories. Dad's mug is neighbor to the spot where my science fair project ended up removing some of the varnish. Mom's placemat hides where your permanent marker seeped through from a book report in junior high. A red stain, both horrifying and beautiful. Remember how we tried to hide our transgressions? A carefully placed table runner here, a vase of fresh picked flowers for mom there. But the truth was always there under the facade of perfection. The art of our childhood, our Jackson Pollock, is now concealed with breakfast food. Better eat up. <clears throat> so, what's the plan for today? Are you going to hang with Ren? Hang. Isn't that what the kids say? You know, hang out, meet up, uh, maybe catch a Netflix? How sweet. He's trying so hard to act like you came back unscathed by the truth. And then there's Mom. Opening her mouth every few seconds, getting ready to say something, but nothing comes out. So she quickly shovels a bite of food in to cover her tracks. Sneaky. Ooh. Yes? Did you want to talk about something? I, uh, found out some interesting news while visiting the cemetery yesterday. Oh? What? Well, I ran into Jake. Oh yeah, Jake does like to visit often. I've been meaning to give him some money to help cover the cost of all those flowers he brings. Just about every time I've gone to the cemetery, I've bumped into him. You know, we're so... Dear, she's trying to tell us something. Oh, all right. I'm sorry, Meg. Go on. Like I said, I ran into Jake. He mentioned something about uh, him and Sammy. That um, they were kind of... So you know how Sammy had an apartment, and he would, um... Spit it out. We're all adults here. I gave up my right to secrets. <clears throat> they were living together? You knew? Sammy was away at a conference, and I just knew she wasn't taking care of her verbenas. When I used the spare key, I found Jake there, and, well, let's just say that he's not a creative liar. What I had suspected for a while, they were adults, and in this day and age, you know. I would have much preferred a female roommate if she didn't want to live alone, but what can you do? You knew? And you were okay with it? What happened to not living in sin? It's not for us to judge. Since when? I thought that's exactly what good Catholic parents do, judge and guilt us into good behavior. <gasps> Margaret Ann! You're not being fair. Yes, we were forced into our Sunday best for Mass every weekend, 
But I know you haven't forgotten Mom looking the other way when we weaseled out of it by pretending to be sick. You thought putting the thermometer up against a light bulb was clever? But don't you think that 110 degrees would have warranted a trip to the emergency room? Okay, let's everyone calm down. Let's be rational. Yes, let's think rationally. Sammy, a good Catholic girl from a good Catholic family, goes and lives with her boyfriend, and her parents keep it a big secret like it's shameful, and yet they don't push her because they don't give a- Stop! Stop it right now. We are not going to judge Sammy. She's not here to defend herself. Right around the holidays, Jake asked for our permission to propose to Sammy. We thought for sure there would be a a Christmas or New Year's engagement. Nothing ever came of it. Sammy was married to her career anyway, always working hard, and look at how much she accomplished. With everything that happened, maybe being unattached was for the best. Jake wanted to propose? You keep hiding things from me. Anything else I'm missing? Meg, it's all water under the bridge. Yes. It didn't happen, and nothing ever came of it. We shall not speak ill of your sister, not when she lived such a special life and touched so many. All of her co-workers told us as much at the funeral. Oh, that reminds me. They installed a plaque in her memory in a garden right outside the hospital. It's on the university grounds. They don't do that for everyone. Mm. Sammy was so beloved, and apparently doing very important work. What kind of work? I honestly don't know, but they said it was garnering the attention of the government. If it's so important, why didn't you know about it? Why didn't I? We can know it's important without understanding it, dear. She was so excited when her first article was published, but all that talk went over my head. Why would she hurt herself if she was so excited and loved her job so much? We raised you both to be independent. And with that, we don't know everything about Samantha or about you. We tried to give you space. Maybe too much. There are times when privacy matters, and we don't deem it important to broadcast our theories. Theories? So you have theories. You're taking my words out of context. I'm just saying that we shouldn't speculate. Whoa there, kiddo. I mean, I know my breakfast is your favorite, but hey. Gotta go and be independent. Well, slow down. There's still a couple of slices of French toast left with your name on them. Thanks, but no thanks. They're too eggy. Ouch. You know that they're suffering just as much as you, right? Doubly so, reliving all of this again through you. Did you see the bags under Mom's eyes? They could belong to Mary Poppins, but instead of magic and joy, all they hold in their depths is infinite sadness. Also, that French toast comment, I didn't know you were such the critic, my sweet-as-syrup sister. You put up the wren signal? Har har. Did my parents call you? Maybe. Wren. Okay, yes. 
They're worried about you after you shoved a whole slice of French toast into your mouth and ran out of the house. How did you track me down this time? It was my particular set of skills. Fine. It's a psychology thing. I'm good at asking questions. Your parents mentioned they told you about the plaque. Yep. The plaque. Also, we're heading in the wrong direction. Thank God I saved you. So, uh, we gotta turn around? Or I guess we can take the scenic route. That's fine. We're making another stop first. Something known before something new. The hospital? Are you hurt? Feeling sick? Nope. This is the hospital, well, more specifically the research wing, where Sammy worked. And... My parents mentioned that Sammy was working on something important. I'm following a lead, as it were. (laughs) A lead? I didn't realize you were planning a postgraduate career in detective work. We did always like a mystery, didn't we? Nancy Drew, Sherlock Holmes, Sweet Valley High... Don't admit that last one, okay? It doesn't take an astute mind to find my old office. Just your good sense of direction and memory. The brass plate is standard, but the name on it is familiar and unique. Maybe that's all I was. Unique and hard to replace. You visited right after I started here knocking on this very doorframe, interrupting my very important work. I could spend the holidays at my desk, but you were always welcome to keep me company, slaving away on your own very important homework. Homework you had no idea how to complete. Why were you even taking organic chemistry? Of course, you pestered me with questions, and I helped save the day and your grade. I told you you should have paid better attention in class. I'm sorry for that. Maybe I forgot how I struggled at first, too. Or maybe I never did. Uh, I don't think we're supposed to be here. How did no one stop us on our way in? Here's my trick. Act confident. Act confident. Yep. With all these people working or visiting the hospital, there is no way one worker can possibly know everyone else who works here. So... Act like you're supposed to be here, and people will think that you are supposed to be. Clever. Crap. What, did you think confidence worked on locked doors, too? I guess we'll have to... Excuse me, can I help... Oh, Meg. You're Meg, right? Samantha's little sister? Yeah, you're... It's Penelope, right? Sorry, it's been a while. No, I'm sorry for not recognizing you right away. It's been, what, three years? Uh, yeah. Something like that. Oh, you brought a friend. I'm Penelope. I have the office next door. Hi, I'm Rin. Friend extraordinaire of Megan Sammy. Oh, I am so sorry for your loss. We were all devastated to lose Samantha. She was brilliant and so driven. There's a huge hole in our department without her. As you can see by her office. Name tag still up and no backfill. How are you and your family doing? Fine. 
We're all coping in our own ways. Thank you for asking. Of course. If there's anything you or your family need... Actually, I'm glad you came by, and I'm impressed that you were able to find her office. It is such a maze around here that I still get turned around sometimes. Why don't you take a look around her old office? We can have a seat and catch up. Can I get you anything? Coffee? Tea? Water? No. No, thank you. I've been meaning to call your parents about Samantha's personal items, but we've just been so swamped around here. Between research and grad students, we keep ourselves so busy that we forget there's a world outside of these walls. These four walls were peppered with pictures of mom, dad, you, and Jake. Looking at me, backing me up. Wherever you weren't, there were framed diplomas, certificates, awards. Trying to remind myself that I'm worthy. I was surrounded by reminders of where I came from. My family, my education, my achievements. As much a foundation to fall back on as a cattle prod pushing me forward. But now these walls are blank paint bleached around perfect empty squares and nail holes. Maybe my office is a better reflection of me now. Professional on the outside, vacant on the inside. Penelope, what was Sammy working on? Mom was saying that some of her work was quite impressive. Ah, yes, she's such a genius. Um, was. Oh my goodness, I'm so sorry. Seeing you just brings her back to life in my mind. It must be... Yeah, so Sammy's work? Well, Samantha was doing some groundbreaking research on... Uh, I actually shouldn't go into too much detail. Rest assured that it's work that will change lives. Mom mentioned that the government may have taken an interest in her? Well, that's true, but your mother shouldn't have known this or mentioned it to you. We take non-disclosures and confidentiality seriously here. Her work was phenomenal, but unfortunately, that is about as much as I can tell you. Right. Dead people tell no tales, and apparently you don't either. Meg, please. No, it, it's okay. I'm sorry, Meg, but I really can't tell you anything more about her work. One day, when it's shared with the world, she'll receive all the credit she's due— and you'll understand just how vital her research was. Can't wait. Oh, silly me. I almost forgot again. This is the box of Samantha's belongings. I took extra care to ensure that none of her personal items got crushed, so I put her photos here, and I wrapped up her awards here. Plenty of bubble wrap to keep them secure. Oh, and these are- Is that it? Five years and all that she had can fit into this box? Samantha is... was very focused, which I'm sure made her good at her job. If I wasn't so nosy, I wouldn't have known anything about Jake other than he was a nice-looking man in her pictures. She just didn't speak about her personal life often. Her office was like her work. Meticulous. Organized. 
trimmed of anything unnecessary. But her family was necessary. You were necessary, Meg. She was so proud of you. I was so proud of you. She always talked about her baby sister traveling the world. Samantha often turned down conference pitches, said she didn't have time to travel. But I don't think she wanted to be in the spotlight. Samantha preferred her work behind the scenes. You, however, I think she envied your free spirit. I was so proud of you. Sure. Proud of her little sister that couldn't pass OCHEM but spent way too much money to go overseas to get a master's. Right. Meg, making the leap to follow your passion abroad was very brave. I know because it scared the shit out of me when I was doing it right beside you. I'm pretty sure that you're the only reason- Yep, I'm so brave. I make- Forget it. (laughs) I'm getting some air. Thanks for the, uh, box of random stuff. I'm so sorry, Penelope. It's really hitting me hard in my work. I can only imagine. Someone to be proud of. When you are the one literally saving lives. The government is tracking your work because it's so impressive. What the fuck, Sammy? I'm not ready to stop being proud of you. You don't have to stop being proud. Got something. What? Me, of course. And the box. You can't just ditch me. I don't know how to act confident, and Penelope had to show me the way out. We were absolutely supposed to sign in and get badges, by the way. Am I invisible? Can you hear me? What are you looking at? It feels like walking through fresh cement. Still wet enough to move through, but with the weight of the world holding you in place. Don't let it hold you back, though. Find what you were looking for. Sammy? Wait. Hold up, Sammy! Sammy, Meg, what are you... It's a great place to hide, in plain sight. Amidst a crowd of academics, students, all caught up in their own world, in their own heads. Like witness protection for overachievers. What if... Where? Remember that one time when we couldn't find Ginger in the house? 
we noticed that her favorite window perch was empty and the screen door cracked open just a smidge. Poor curious cat, that smidge was enough to tease the other side. We ran. Ran so fast to find her, catch our sweet cat who was now free in the vast unknown, running up the street. I swear I kept seeing her at the edge of my view. It was your eagle eyes that found her from across the field. Ginger was gingerly grooming a little girl in the park and offering hers as the girl reciprocated with pets. They were living in the moment, none the wiser to the trauma her decision to escape caused us. Thank God we saved her. Watch it! Sorry, bro. Is that you? <laughs> Sammy? Uh, do I know you? Oh, shit. No. No, you don't know me. I mean, do you? I don't think I know you. I... I just... <sighs> Fuck, Meg! Oh, you can't just set up an impromptu leg day without warning me. Also, this box of stuff felt light at first, but oh, it's gotten really, really heavy really fast. Oh, Meg. Meg, are you okay? What is the state of okay, anyway? Two simple letters or a four-letter word? Either way, okay means nothing. No, I'm not okay. What were you doing? I saw her. I saw her and then I lost her. Who did you see? I saw Sammy. That's not possible, Meg. Her hair, her posture, how she moved. I saw her across the courtyard. It was her. I tried to get here in time, but I couldn't. And I... I lost her. It's very common to see lookalikes... Or to see what you want to see in others when dealing with grief. Ren, I've never been more certain in my life. Here. This is where I saw her standing. Where did she go? I don't know. I didn't see. There's nothing here. No reason that Sammy would be here, Meg. I don't know why she was here, but I know... What? This is what she was looking at. It makes sense. Her memorial plaque. This proves it was her. Meg, it doesn't prove anything. It was her, Ren. It had to be. are such a joke. A life's work summed up and stamped on a piece of metal. 
Can 50 words or less capture the essence of a person? Their heart, their soul, their passion? Any words ring just as cold as the metal. Sister Bear, you don't need a memorial plaque to remember me. To know me. To find me. Dayton Writers Movement presents Catharsis. Executive producer and lead writer, Alexa Fett-Fisher. Producers, Chris Burnside, Megan Burnside, and Carrie Zahn. Audio production, Chris Burnside and Catherine Seaton. Music and score, Catherine Seaton. <laughs>